Hey guys, Elias here with the latest episode of the Extra Rounds podcast. I am without my partner, Mike Dice, who is in Cleveland for UFC 203. I was supposed to be out there with him. I am bringing you a bootleg but still correct episode this week uh, recorded from uh, my house. I am unfortunately an injured reserve. I am not at UFC 203. Uh, I won't bore you with the uh, with the medical annoyances. Uh, I am fine now, but uh, I'm at home, uh, and uh, so we had to do some of the work from here. Like I said, this week's episode was out the frills, and you notice no new metal uh, music leading uh, into this uh, conversation, and and we won't have any new metal outro. What we will have is a phenomenal conversation with Eve Edwards as he looks at. UFC 203 and some of the biggest matchups there, the heavyweight title and the debut of CM Punk, Phil Brooks, former WWE star and champion fighting Mickey Gall. Eve Edwards, of course, does broadcast work for Fox Sports 1. He is going to be, I believe, the next Brazil card doing work there. He'll tell us more about where we can see him next. Uh, But for those of you that um, may only know him from his fine television work, uh, you know, do do your research. Go watch some awesome fights. Eve Edwards fought professionally for about 17 years, fought over 60 times, and has also coached as a member of American Top Team current stars and champions like Tyron Woodley and Dustin Poirier. Simply put, Eve Edwards is one of the best minds the and the most experienced athletes in MMA history. He was for a long time one of the the very best lightweights in the entire world. We're so stoked to have him on. He's going to be on here in just a moment. And uh, he's going to look at that heavyweight title fight. He's going to look at CM Punk. Eve Edwards actually got a little bit of a close-up to CM Punk, Phil Brooks, in Milwaukee when Brooks had just started his first weeks over at Rufus Sport. Eve Edwards was there with Tyron Woodley. And um, you know he's got some things to say about him. He certainly likes Phil Brooks. He is certainly looking forward to the fight. I think you guys are going to be interested in, in, in how he looks at it, though. There's been so much debate. How ready is Phil Brooks? Does he deserve it? Yeah, I mean, there's a debate about that. And I think, uh, talking offline, I know even I have some similar but some different opinions uh, as well about the de- quote-unquote deserving component of this fight. But more importantly, he looks at the readiness. How ready can Phil Brooks be when he started from scratch? Under two years ago. He's going to talk about that from the lens of his experience, his his expertise. You know, I've written and said a lot about it. And I have my own little version of, uh, of experience in martial arts and fighting and, and as, a, as, a, as a journalist. Eve Edwards dwarfs mine and just about everyone else's experience. And as a coach, as a fighter, as an analyst, he, he looks at that. And um, I'm really excited to have him on. I'm being told that he is on the line now, so I am going to go to him in just a moment. Again, we have Eve Edwards coming on here in just a moment of the Extra Rounds podcast. I'm Elias Cepeda. I'm here without Mike Dice, who is on the road at UFC 203. I am here at home convalescing, feeling much better, uh, but unable to make the trip. But super stoked to talk to Eve Edwards. Eve, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for thanks for making time, man. We've got UFC 203 coming up. the The biggest fight on that, obviously, is the heavyweight title fight uh, between Stipe Miocic, who's the new champion, and he's taking on Alistair Overeem, 
former kickboxing world champion, a longtime top contender at light heavyweight and, and back in pride days and or middleweight as they call it there and and heavyweight now in the in the UFC when he was in strike force. Um, it's a, there's a lot of interesting factors. It's a cool style matchup. You got everything from uh, their styles to Stipe Miocic fighting at home. How how do you see this fight uh, when you, when you when you when you break it down, Eve? Well, this fight is it's almost or it's a kind of a throwback to the classic striker versus grappler matchup um, in that these guys are coming from a kickboxing background and a wrestling background, but Miocic is far more than a grappler and a wrestler. Uh, his boxing is very crisp. He understands defensively the kickboxing game pretty well. And uh, he mixes his wrestling in very, very sparingly. But when he does, it's to, to good effect. Uh, on the other hand, we have Alistair Overeem, who's a great kickboxer, you know, former K1 champion. He's held titles in other organizations, and he's been doing this for a much longer time. Um, with Overeem, I think he wants to keep this fight long, stay at a distance, be able to land those kicks. Um, the problem is the kicks are are kind of an invitation for a wrestler to take you down. So I don't know how he's how that's going to play into this fight, and that's something I'm, I'm really curious about. If he's going to throw a lot of those kicks to the body like he does, because when he hits you in the body, it hurts. Um, he was able to do that to to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, and, and I keep messing those names up. Sometimes I say Brock Larson when I mean Brock Lesnar, and vice versa. Well, that's, see, that's, a, that's a sign of a, of a hardcore analyst, the fact that you know Brock Larson comes to mind. He's uh, a, you know, a long-time top welterweight. A lot of the newer fans might not know. Great fighter, former uh, title challenger to the WEC, just, just retired recently. So, no, nah, man, that's a, that's a, that's a smart slip-up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But, yeah, with, with, with Lesnar, he was able to land some of the body kicks and, and do some real damage with them. Miocic uh, is a different type of fighter in that he is not uncomfortable in the striking game. So I don't think the kicks are going to play out the same way. But is Alistair Overeem going to be able to put that ingredient into his, into his fight cake, fight cake and be able to make it effective and be able to land those kicks and not be a threat to take down. So those are some issues that I look at. Also, I go back to Alistair Overeem and, and his defense towards the wrestling and that he has a, he's always had a really good guillotine, especially in the prize tournament. He had a couple guys with that guillotine around that time. And I don't think that's something that you, you lose. He hasn't hit that guillotine in a long time, but... That's one of those things in his repertoire that I would say that he possibly uh, probably takes for granted now. He gets back to that position, and it's just like old hat for him. He would probably be very comfortable in that position and be able to hit a guillotine. And that, that's something you really want to have in your arsenal when you're facing a good wrestler like Miocic. But again, Miocic is not the kind of guy to just shoot takedowns the whole time. Yeah, so so this fight is really exciting in that aspect, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Miocic goes in there and defends that belt, or if Overeem is able to do the things that he needs to do, keep Miocic at distance, and make this more of a kickboxing bout than a boxing match, and be able to take that title away from him. 
that's really interesting. Those are, those are some really cool points to think about, um, especially that guillotine choke where, like you mentioned, he used it to great effect and pride. He won uh, a long time ago, another lifetime ago, he won, uh, I think, the Abu Dhabi trials with a bunch of guillotines. So he's got that ability, even if if most fans haven't uh, haven't been able to see it. Um, do, you, do you feel like, uh, Eve, that, that, Al, that any one of these guys has like an advantage if it's a short fight or if it's a long one. I mean, Overeem has so much power that I, and he's finished people quickly in the past that it's probably a temptation to say, hey, yeah, he's got to, if he's going to win, he's got to do it, you know, fast. But on the other hand, he's actually shown a lot of patience and more tactical, um, you know, approach in his last few fights. That, do you think one guy basically has a, has like a conditioning advantage over the other, or would you expect that to be the case or, or not really? That's, that makes a lot of sense. I, I I don't know. I haven't seen Overeem like uh, you know. Basically, I don't know how else to put. It. I haven't seen him without a shirt since his last fight. But in these interviews, he looks like he's he's gotten a bit smaller again. And you know, he he had gotten a bit smaller since he had been at his heaviest and, and leanest and stuff. What, what do you what do you make of that? Do you, do you think that uh, it, it helps him be more economical? Like it do. Do, the, do, do big old muscles in, in MMA not always help because they use so much oxygen, or, or do you not put too much stock in, in his size being smaller one way or the other? I think it plays a factor for sure. Um, and if he's more lean, that would tell me that he's, he's doing more about his conditioning. He's doing more to be able to fight in the championship round. And... Um, I think I definitely think it plays a factor. Uh, is it going to be the the key to this fight? It's very possible that it could be. I mean, Overeem has faded in the past, like he said, and because of that, I think he's learned a lesson. He's been doing this for a long time, man. And for someone, a, a man that's been in the fight game for as long as Alistair Overeem has, and to still be making adjustments, to still be learning. It shows the, the level of martial artist that's within him, and, and and it shows that he's still willing to grow. That's a big deal. Um, to be a contender for the UFC heavyweight title and still be growing, still be changing things, still be implementing new things in your strategy, and your game, even with the level of success that he's had because he hasn't held the UFC title, um, to be making those changes in your game, that, that says that... that He's still committed to this, and, and he wants this. This title shot is just not something that that's a passing fancy for him. He's um, he's really going after it if that's the case. That's it. I, I, I like that. I haven't really heard people um, 
bring that in, you know, bring that uh, bring that perspective in. Like, hey, he's he's still making adjustments, and, and that says a lot about him. All, all the all these things considered, Eve, do you have a person in this matchup that you favor that you think is more likely to to be the winner? Like, do you, do you think Miocic is more likely to defend or? Or Alistair to unseat him. I, I hate. I personally hate having to make predictions, so it's okay if you don't have one up or down. But I am curious. Do you do you favor one guy over the other? I really don't favor one guy over the other in this one. Uh, I'm a fan of both those men. Uh, when I see how this fight lines up, there are things that I I think give a guy an advantage, and I would say the advantage would go to Miocic in this fight, in that he has the ability to wrestle um, and. His boxing is is just as crisp as you could imagine. I mean, the guy stands in the pocket with Mark Hunt. You know, um, that's that's a, that's a big deal to be in there with a big puncher like Mark Hunt. Stand in the pocket and to be comfortable in there. Uh, Overeem likes to fight long, so if the fight happens there, I think if, if Miocic is able to to make this fight a boxing range fight where wrestling is right on the back burner, he can pull that out and any opportunity that he definitely has the advantage, and I think that's how he wins this fight. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to pull that off. Overeem is going to throw those kicks at him from the outside, trying to keep that range. Overeem is going to throw that jab, but the more, as, as I say this aloud, and not just looking at it and thinking about it in my head, I think Miocic is going to be able to put that pressure on him, going to be able to get inside and, and apply that pressure from that range and be able to change the game if need be and put Overeem on his back. Um, and if he can put Overeem on his back, Overeem's competent on the ground, but at the same time, Miocic is a very good wrestler. He has all that wrestling experience, and he's had a ton of UFC fights. So he's, he's had that experience of being with some of the best guys on the ground and being on the ground and out them. So, I, yeah, I'm, as we have this conversation, I'm starting to lead a little more towards Miocic on this one. But don't put money down on that and then come back to that's right yeah we could only do our best here but yeah fighting is super unpredictable um we got moved to another fight on the card some people will probably uh hate us for 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 doing it there's so many great uh deserving fighters on this card in cleveland at ufc 203 but um Probably other than the heavyweight title, what most people have been talking about is uh, Phil Brooks, uh, former WWE wrestler known as CM Punk. He is fighting for the first time ever, not just in the UFC, uh, and Phil Brooks is taking on Mickey Gall, who is a young kid in his 20s who has two pro fights, one of those in the UFC, he's got two amateur fights before that. So I I don't want to talk about if Brooks, quote-unquote, deserve to get a shot at the UFC like to me that's not even something that can be intelligently argued of of course he didn't and he's not even saying he quote-unquote deserved it but he's not turning down the opportunity but I want to talk about in your opinion you know you 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 have as much or more experience as anyone in in the history of MMA fighting for for so long at at the highest of, of, of levels Eve how how much do you think he could have possibly learned how good do you think he could have possibly gotten in a year and a half? And I say a year and a half because that's about when he started training uh, at Duke Rufus's uh, phenomenal gym and, and team in, in Milwaukee. 
you know, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, he, Phil Brooks had some Muay Thai training. No, he didn't. That was part of his wrestling stick. Oh, you know, he's he had jiu-jitsu experience. Well, he had a coach who was a couple thousand miles away that he'd see from time to time. He, you know, he's in actuality, he's never competed in sports. He says he's suffered a lot of concussions, had a lot of back injuries, and, and now when he's getting close to 40, he's starting from scratch at, a, at an amazing gym with great teachers. Um, you know, we've seen some footage of him even recently, Eve. How, how much can him, or just in your experience, how, in your you know, opinion, how much can anyone really learn from scratch in a year and a half? mentioned but kind of put it on the back burner when you said you don't know if he deserved it or he hasn't necessarily earned it mm-hmm. and I do agree with that but I, I do feel like they, there can be an argument for that case um, the guy is a WWE superstar he's, he's made a big name for himself in the WWE and because of that I think that is why he has to fight if he wants to do this MMA thing he has to fight in the UFC he can't fight somewhere else why? because a punk, and if if he's on a, on a small card anywhere, everybody wants to be the guy that beats up a punk. I mean, if he would have fought on that on whatever show, I don't remember the name of the event, but the show that Dana found Mickey Gall at, if he was fighting on that event, any one of the guys on that card would have been head over heels in love to have to have that fight on their record, to have a punk be the guy that they're facing. So, I mean, as far as it goes, yes. He hasn't earned it, but at the same time, Phil Brooks didn't. Phil Brooks didn't get this fight. CM Punk got him this fight. You know, so that's very interesting. Yeah. How much can he learn in a year? Um, CM Punk has has made a name for himself. He's 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 done a lot in the WWE. He's made hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Um, I guess millions of dollars. Yeah, hundreds of thousands on a night, millions of dollars <laughs> over the time, and. Um, because of that, he has the capacity to put all of his time in the training. He can be at the gym and go and recover. He can live the life of a fighter. He doesn't have to do what a lot of guys do when they first start this MMA game in that they're working. They have to go to the gym. They have to rest. They have to make sure that their bills are paid. They have so many other distractions that kind of prevent them from getting as good as they can, as quickly as they can. Phil Brooks doesn't have that issue. He can spend all the time that he needs to spend in the gym at Rupa Sport with some of the best coaches in the game. And with that being said, he's going to get a lot better than a lot of guys will in a year's time. Um, but at the same time, he is he's training with some of the best guys and he's making his debut with UFC against the guy who has some UFC experience, against the guy who has had amateur fights. And he's been in there before. CM Punk, or Phil Brooks, has not had those events. He hasn't had that that experience. And the only thing, one of the one of the top things that you will get on the on the list of experience, or one of the biggest things that leads to experience is time. You need time to gain that experience. You need to have those those situations presented to you to gain that experience. And yes, I watched some of the evolution of Punk. And they had some smokers. They had him fighting a couple of smoker events at the gym so that he would gain some experience. But at the same time, that's the control situation. The guys that he, the guys that he fought in those events, they were, if it was not 
imply, if it was not directly said to them, hey, don't beat up this guy, don't destroy him, it was at least implied. So we, and then with the editing and the slow-mo of the videos, we don't necessarily know how much pressure those guys were truly putting on Bill Brooks in those situations. He, we did see him get submitted, but we also saw him escape, I saw him escape an armbar that looked to be in. And if you're, if you're in a fight situation, I've, I've been in an armbar before, I've been in a heel hook before when I'm like, this guy's not tapping and I don't really like heel hooks, but it's not my problem if his leg is broken, <laughs> you know? Um, when you're in the gym and you're about to break CM Punk's arm, that's the problem. But when you're in the octagon and you're about to break CM Punk's arm, nobody gives a damn, right? Um, nobody outside of CM Punk's team cares at that point, you don't care. So. He's had some of those experiences, but they, I don't know if, I don't know how real they are, what they were, and they definitely weren't as real as it's going to be in the UFC. The UFC is going to be a different beast. I don't think the, the crowd and the UFC jitters is going to get to him because he's been in the WWE. He's been a superstar. He's had thousands and millions of people watching him do his thing, but he hasn't had thousands and millions of people watching him do his thing when someone is really trying, is pretending to try to kill him. And there's only one other person in there that's going to stop it. He's not going to die, but Mickey Gall is going to come after him and try to put everything on him. And how he reacts when that reality sets in is going to be a big, is going to be a big point because the moment Mickey Gall has that opportunity to try to destroy CM Punk, he's going to try to take advantage of that. And how CM Punk reacts in that moment, that's going to tell you how good he was able to get in a year. How much, how much he spent, or not necessarily how much he spent, but how much the effect of the time that he spent has on the skills that he's developed. And that's a very, very strange place to, to have to go through that experience for the very first time. That's a tall order for anybody. I don't care how much experience you've had being in front of crowds. That's that's so yeah. I think that's so well put, and I think that makes that makes so much sense. And I don't think many people have broken it down. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, he's been in front of a crowd," but you're right. It's a different thing when you've got that that pressure on you. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, again, I wasn't in the gym, but I think those things that they've called smokers, they weren't even. It wasn't even sparring. Like it was timing sparring. You know, like and people who train and fight kind of know the difference, right? Like there's 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 hard sparring. Uh, there's timing sparring below that where we're moving quickly, you know, making contact. We're not trying to bang on each other. Uh, and then there's fighting, which is like <laughs> even another level above that. So, yeah, I think that, that, that those are awesome distinctions. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're in the gym and, and the situation is you, we're, everybody is here to support you. We're trying to prepare you for an event, trying to get you ready for that situation. when you've been in that situation before. It's great for, for, for a guy, let's take Dustin Poirier. If I, I use Dustin a lot because I've done a lot of work with Dustin. Um, he's a good friend of mine. But when I'm in the, in the cage or in the, in the ring with Dustin and we're just moving around, just filling it out, we're going to scenarios and situations. Yeah, he understands that we're in a practice situation, but he's been there before. He's been in, in some of these situations live. He's had someone trying to choke the life out of him when he's trying to escape and there are millions of people watching his wife is watching and his, and his parents are watching and people have bet on the fight and there's just so much pressure and intensity behind 
behind me. Phil Brooks has been in that situation, but it's all been scripted in the past. In this situation, there's there's no, okay, now I'm going to throw you into the ropes and I'm going to whisper to you what we're going to do next. That's not going to happen. Phil Brooks has no idea what the next thing that Mickey Gall is going to do. At the same time, Mickey Gall doesn't have that idea what CM Punk is going to do. What Phil Brooks is going to do. But um, I think Mickey has the advantage. I mean, everybody would think Mickey has the advantage because he's been to the Crucible, right? Phil Brooks is not. He's been in the gym. He's training with Beast. He trains with uh, with Anthony Pettis. He trains with Eric Koch. And Eric Koch is really good. I don't know how much he's been able to put in with um, with Phil. But having those guys there, having Eric, having Anthony, having Duke Rufus to, to, to guide him, having the jiu-jitsu coaches there, having those guys, that's, that's a great plus to have. And I don't expect CM Punk to win this fight. But I expect to see skill set. I, I, I want to what's gonna what I'm gonna learn from this fight is what has he done in the gym? Is he gonna be able to come back and do this? A lot of these WWE guys or all these guys that come from another pro sport, they get into the UFC, they lose their first UFC fight. But how effective are they gonna be in the long run? Is is Phil Brooks gonna show us something that says, Yeah, he wasn't ready for this this time, but he's had the experience now and the next time he has this opportunity Will he look different? Will he be able to apply the techniques and and not be pushed, to, uh, not be shied by by the fact that he hasn't had this experience with someone really trying to go after him before? So this this is a really good fight, but I don't, I don't and I don't expect CM Punk to, or Phil Brooks to come in and be a world beater, but I do want to see what he brings to the table, how he reacts to these situations when they're real and. If his skill set holds up through the time of this thing being real, through the first round if it goes that long, through the second round if it goes that long, what skill set he shows? Because you can tell if a guy doesn't belong in there, skill set goes out the window just because the situation is, is a little bit hairy. I yeah, those those are some of the things I think of those particular fights. Um, I'm really looking forward to this UFC 203 event and. Um, I, I don't know. I can't wait. Those are two of the fights that I'm really most excited about because I met Phil Brooks when I was out there with Tyron Woodley at one point. And um, very nice guy, humble guy, especially for all the accolades that he has in the pro wrestling world and all the people that, that know who he is and love him. But he came in, he worked hard, he, he didn't make it about himself. And, and I think that's a good thing. But the, the problem is he, he's a mark. He has a target on his back because of everything else that, that he's done. Um, and Mickey Gall is the first one to get to, 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 to try to hit that target. So I'm not I'm not going to I'm not gonna be one of these detractors and say, even if he goes out there and gets smashed, what I'm looking at is, is the skills that he brings to the ring and how long he's able to keep with the game plan, with what he understands about the game and, and how how the game is supposed to be played. I don't want to see a football player get onto a football field and um, try try to make a, a, a basketball move or, 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 or a, a, a soccer move, right? Um, you, you're you're doing MMA, so I want to see that I want to see that everything that he does is proper. I don't want to see him turning his back and exposing his neck if he's in a bad position. Yeah, you can turn your back, but as you're turning your back, I want to see if he's going to protect his chin 
Um, keep his chin down, shoulders shrug, and protect his neck. When he's throwing punches, is he going to be slapping or is he throwing punches with intent to, to do damage? Um, when he's circling the cage, is he crossing his feet? And, and I'm not talking about when the fight starts. I'm talking about when it gets hairy, when there's some pressure on him, when he either gets tired or if he escapes the position. Uh, these are the things I want to see. And, and I'm, if he doesn't win, I'm not, I, don't, I don't expect him to win. I want him to do well because the guy seems like a nice guy. But I want to see what he brings to the octagon and if he shows the skills that will allow him to continue this MMA journey. Eve, you just gave us awesome, um, awesome analysis and breakdowns. Um, the, the Thug Jitsu breakdown uh, was pretty cool. And this is, of course, not the only place fans can, can get your perspective. I know you've got some cool top secret stuff coming in the future, but you've already got some really great stuff out there right now where, where people can get your perspective uh, more. Just tell, tell folks where they can uh, find you and, 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 and some of your work. Well, I am... I'm just like everybody else in this era. I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook as the Thug Jitsu Master is my fan page. I am on Instagram and Twitter under the same name, Thug Jitsu Master. I have a podcast right now that I run over SureDog Radio Network. It's called The Neutral Corner. And that's a whole lot of fun for me. I get to speak with a lot of MMA fighters. Um, some guys that are my heroes, some guys coming out, but some guys that are some of my peers. Um, Randy Couture was on our previous episode, on the last episode, we spoke with Eddie Alvarez after he won the title. A whole lot of fun. I like to try to talk to these guys and, and find out what it is that, what fighting really means to them, or go through some of their experiences. A guy like Randy Couture, who's been doing this for so long, he's been through every part of the game. He was like one of the first guys in the, in the last, I'm sorry, one of the last guys in the first generation of MMA, and he survived all the way through up until this latest modern era of MMA, the latest generation. Um, talking about him, about those things, that was so much fun. Uh, going over the fights with Eddie, and, and you know, we just we just like to get in the head of fighters and, and get show a side of them that, that you don't get to see with punches and kicks and takedown and defense, you know. Um, just the side of them that's, that's a little more real, at, but also the part of them that made them want to do this thing, that pursue the fight game. So it's a whole lot of fun. So if you want to tune into that, you can find it on the Sure Dog Radio Network. It's called The Neutral Corner. And, um, yeah, I'm planning, we're planning on starting another podcast. Uh, I will introduce that on The Neutral Corner. I don't want to get too much about it away yet because everything's not set in stone, but... Once it is, we will announce it on Neutral Corner. We'll be moving forward with that. That should be a whole lot of fun, too. And, um, yeah, tune in to Fox Sports 1 uh, for the UFC Brazil card where Cyborg is fighting again, made of any against Lena Lansbury, Lansberg. I'm sorry. I'm going to be on the desk for that, and we're just going to have a good time and keep this MMA thing going. Man, you are a busy man. I'm so glad all these outlets are, are, are making use of your expertise and we're so lucky to have you on. We'd love to have you and your people on whenever you guys have the time. It was awesome. Thanks for making time, uh, Eve Edwards. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you again, Elias. Anytime you want me, I'm around. That was Eve Edwards talking on the Extra Rounds podcast. I'm Elias Cepeda. Mike Dice is on the road glamming it up at UFC 203 in Cleveland. 
<laughs> now Mike is working hard, man. I miss him. Um, I wish I could be out there with him, but I'm really glad that we got to get this episode uh, out, even though it was a bit late. And I am so glad I got to talk with Eve Edwards. Um, got to thank Donald Park, a friend, teammate, and coach of mine. So, a, 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 among many, many other things, Donald Park is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and a uh, world champion uh, under Hoyler Gracie. Donald set this uh, this relationship, this conversation up with Eve, and uh, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, the, the folks that I all the folks have been lucky enough to be able to talk to in my career, I had not actually before Donald introduced us been ever able to talk to one of my favorite fighters ever to watch, Eve Edwards. It's been a lot of fun talking offline with him the last couple of weeks about some of the projects he's got going on and just picking his brain and him being generous and listening to me and talking with me. And it was so cool to have him on this episode. I can't wait, and I'm sure Mike agrees, to have Yvonne much, much more often to do his Thug Jitsu Master Breakdown. Um, he's, he's a great guy. He's an insightful guy. It was awesome having him on. Do not forget to watch UFC 203 Saturday, September 10th. It's happening live in Cleveland, Ohio, home of heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic, who is defending his title for the first time, the title he won for knocking out Fabrice Overdoom in May, defending his title for the first time, and doing it against, against a doozy of an opponent, Alistair Overeem, who finally gets um, a crack and, and a real chance at a legitimate world title in MMA after all his accomplishments in kickboxing and um, it's going to be a great fight. CM Punk's fighting on it <laughs> and many other uh, other fighters too that are decent I guess as well like Uriah Faber, Jessica I just you know I, I just too many fighters to even uh, mention here in, in closing but you want to watch the card go share it with a friend go to a bar if you're a baller buy it and watch it alone um, like an antisocial boss at home whatever you want Watch the card. It's going to be a good one. We'll be talking about it next week as well, all the the fallout from it. And moving forward to UFC 204, which is fast approaching, and I can't believe it. Michael Bisming is soon going to be defending his unlikely middleweight title reign for the first time against Dan Henderson. He's putting it all on the line with no real reward other than personal pride and revenge um, against Dan Henderson, who beat him, I think, in 2009. Knocked him out in one of the nastiest highlights in MMA history. That's going to be crazy. We got some special sneak uh, sneak guests we want to have on as relates to that fight. We're working on some stuff. Hopefully we'll, we'll have them in to, to break it down and look at that fight in both men. Really excited about that. That's happening in Manchester. But first, UFC 203, Saturday, September 10th, live on pay-per-view. You know, pay-per-view time is the pay-per-view time. 9 o'clock uh, Chicago Standard Time. East Coast, West Coast, you guys figure it out. 9 o'clock Chicago time, the main card starts. Before that, plenty of action on Fight Pass and Fox Sports 1, but you want to catch the pay-per-view main card for certain uh, at 9 Chicago Standard Time. And uh, that is going to be it, man. I'm stoked for the fight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sorry for the episode coming out late. Uh, we're working on that, but we're at least trying to bring you great guests, and we're having a good time doing it. Hope you guys are enjoying yourselves as well. Take care. Please, please, please check us out on iTunes if you're listening somewhere else. Feel free to go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Share it with your friends, uh, your homies. Let them know you like us. Let them know you don't like us. But let them know about us. Thanks, guys. Elias Cepeda for Mike Dice, who is rocking it out in Cleveland at UFC 203. Extra Rounds Podcast. See you guys next week.